0: Welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts Adam Hoy and Jared Muton. Let's kick off. Okay, welcome into the Six Again podcast, the most professional rugby league news source <laughs> there And is. <laughs> I'm saying that with a laugh because um, it's now five past nine monday night and um i got a message from jared it's 10 past six or something which i didn't actually check till seven forty because i was playing with the kids and he's uh, said manager just quit won't be able to do the show check if wall's available and we usually start recording around or start playing around eight o'clock so i messaged Wall about eight o'clock and said hey get free to pod because i don't have another host and so what's it how you doing man
1: yeah, I was um, I was pretty busy too. I was just sitting around playing the PlayStation, mate. You know, I had to pause my game to come on here. But you know, the things oh, we,
0: we do. We live different lives. I,
1: was, uh,
0: <laughs> I literally put the kids to bed, about to have a shower, going, "Oh, thank God, I'm on here with Jared and he hates the Olympics because he would have watched all the footy." And then he sent me that. And went, I'm <laughs> fucked.
1: <laughs> nah, um, I've i got your back, mate. I'll look after you.
0: Thank you. I'm. If I sound extremely tired, I'm sorry, I am. Uh, since the Olympics kicked off, kicked off, started, I'm blending the two sports together now um, on Friday night. That's literally been our, our, our house. We actually got a double, a queen blow up mattress that's now set up in the lounge room and that's just been our, our sanctuary, I guess, since then. Um, ice hockey draft, NHL draft was on the weekend. Rugby League was in between that somewhere. And I knew Joe would watch all the ones that I didn't watch. And he's not here, but well, um did the same. Because yes, outside of his PlayStation he watches footy
1: and he hey, I, had I had to house it on the weekend and look after a couple of pets, mate. So you know. Oh was pretty flat out. Yeah. We
0: um yeah, it's not it's not like I don't have a busy lifestyle there no, Matt he's like, um, hey, let's go get some chickens. So we've got two chickens now. Uh, on saturday so that was it that was exciting we didn't have a chicken pan or chicken feed or water or anything so to then go out and buy those so uh, i'm using that as another excuse for me to get my goat but um yeah lot, lots going on in footy on the weekend uh we're going to talk about the roger to news uh del signing, signing and new zealand pulling out of the world cup and then the what looks to be the very soon-to-be Craig Bellamy contract saga conclusion. But it was reported by Buzz Rothfield, so we'll see where that goes. Um, what am I going to start on? Probably the World Cup stuff. I reckon that we, in between everything probably was the first big news to break since the last episode we did. Um, oh, sorry, before that, we've had the end of a round. We should do footy tipping. Um I got back on track with a seven, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for everybody else, it was about another 12. We got seven again this week. So well done to your smart asses. And that brings a total overall score is tightened up again. The underscore URQ on 114, in from the cold on 113, methodical flamethrower on 113, couple on 112, a few on 111. So it's pretty, pretty damn close. Still up the top with what, Five rounds to go? Six. Six rounds to go. Six, I
1: believe. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I was looking at it. So, still a lot to play for. Um, Jared and I are going to start getting that pack together of goodies. So, uh, keep pushing it all the way through to the end on the streak. I love saying on the streaking competition. Uh, current. Oh, Benny Liner overtook me, you little bugger.
1: <laughs> it would oh, have been a went... good way to get the streak going.
0: Yeah. He just went all the favourites. He got five in one week. Well done. Well played. So he's taken over the current lead of 18. I'm now second on 17. Paraplegics is there on 12. So 18 is the longest streak of the season. So throwing the hammer down. Well done, Benny Liner. All righty. Yeah, rugby league news. So the ARLC and New Zealand Rugby League have pulled out of the 2021 rugby league world cup in the uk and this has caused quite a stir not just in the uk and they're very very filthy with the nrl um because it obviously puts the entire tournament in jeopardy with new zealand and australia being generally the two strongest teams and the biggest draw cards um but also a lot of australian and new zealand players not 100% happy uh, due to not really being consulted or their views or opinions not really being taken strongly enough into consideration by the sound of things. Um, there's been lots of stories going around in that a rugby league player association has reached out to the International Rugby League Board, the head of IRL has come out on the record and said he's been approached by rugby league players from New Zealand and Australia, wishing to still come over and play. It's pretty messy. Um, you can obviously see the NRL's point of view with regards to players safety, wellbeing, um, protection, that all that the, sort of stuff. Is that
1: their, des- is that their des- decision to make though?
0: Exactly. Cause it's not their competition just... that they're looking after.
1: No, it's in the off season. Like at the end of the day, what harm is it doing to the game like, I don't I don't understand it the players will every world cup is the same thing players will put their hand up for it it's not like they're going to be forced to go over there I don't understand why they feel like they have to make this decision it's yeah stupid it's, to be honest but
0: one of the really juicy takes I saw on it was out of the UK and saying pretty much they're all gave us all this stuff about why they're not going to go but reading between the lines, it's more about the eight weeks in the collective bargaining agreement that the players have to have in their off season that's written in that they get a rest. And if they're allowed that rest after they come back from the World Cup, that would push the preseason, then the NRL season down the track and have another disrupted season. And it seems as though that sort of logistical nightmare as they put it is having as big an impact on this decision as anything else.
1: why not just come out and say that though? Like oh. I, I just, just don't understand all this secret squirrel business. Just be upfront with the issue and then you're more likely to have someone accept come it. Up or and come up or come up with a exactly right. And yeah, but it doesn't sound like the NRL to, you know, make a decision without consulting the players. <laughs> and it's
0: the the thing that the biggest issue, well not the biggest, but one of the biggest issues is Stopping New Zealand and Australian Rugby League teams going over, that's one thing, but there's players who play for England um, Luke Thompson, um, I was going to say George Williams, but uh, Elliot Whitehead. Uh, and then you've got players who play for the Pacific Nations, who are all part of the NRL as well. You're now stopping those players from playing for their country. Is it the
1: NRL or is it the ARL's saying the so is it just saying that Australia and New Zealand aren't going over there? Yeah, or is Australia it and New Zealand all, aren't going over it, it preventing all players that are in the NRL from participating?
0: Yeah, so it says uh, the ARLC and NZRL organise that Australia and New Zealand not compete in the 2021 World Cup because of player
1: welfare and concerns. Um, so there's, there's still the option for people to represent England that play in the NRL and the Pacific Nations?
0: Yeah, it, I assume so, but some of the wording in their um, in their statement looks as though they're encompassing all players that are part of the NRL because if they expect to be back to play in the NRL, they're gonna be missing either the start of the season or a pre-season or whatever and that's gonna have an impact over here. <laughs> and
1: they expect to have a, a competition. <laughs> yeah, like a... it's
0: oh, oh it's 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 messy. I'm trying to find where they talked about the players from uh, other nations because there is even talk of players trying to play for tier two nations so they can go over and play instead um, outside of the RLC. So if someone's grandpa's uncle um, played for Scotland one time, whether they'd still be able to go over and do that for a tier two nation. And that doesn't look as though that's going to be the case. Yeah, they're shutting that down as well. It says England, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, and PNG would have plenty of players from the NRL, um, which would be of whom would be unlikely to be allowed to be um, part of the tournament. So, how's it
1: the NRL's jurisdiction to rule on that though? Yeah, it's a completely it, different competition.
0: I think they're looking at it more from the fact that if those players go over, when they come back. The impact that's going to have on the clubs with those players yeah. not being available and that seems to be the biggest issue with regards to if this is the case supposedly there's a meeting today the final meeting to declare what's going to happen The arlc and new zealand rugby league have called for a postponement at 12 months it looks as though if they've 100 percent not going to go that it'll just be cancelled as opposed to postponed because we don't know what it's going to look like in another 12 months we said this 12 months ago so, cancelling it now and re, restating it uh, later on um, would probably make more sense from the England point of view, considering all the infrastructure they've put in place, all the planning, all that sort of stuff, as opposed to postponing it. Next year is going to be a really packed year worldwide with other sports and stuff catching up as well, is one of the things they said in their statement. So, the, the other side of it is if they're leaning on COVID being the reason for this, I. I can understand what they're saying there, but we've just sent a, an Australian national team of over 400 athletes to Tokyo. Um, Argentina, Brazil flew their soccer players out of Europe to go back to play the Cup or America. You've had the Euros just on. Um, were there COVID cases in the crowds? Yes. Were there COVID cases in the players? Not that was released that I've seen or heard of how they're doing it for the Olympics. That same setup was offered to the NRL. The UK Rugby League found a million dollars to set up a quarantine hub at Homebush in Sydney, very similar to what, well, the same as what the Australian Olympic athletes have to come back to once they get back from Tokyo. They do their two weeks of quarantine in this hub, but it's nowhere near as strict as what lockdown is. So they're not stuck in their apartments. They're not stuck in their hotels. They have an entire precinct to use, exercise facilities, cafes, all that sort of stuff. Very similar to an athlete-style village at the Olympics. That's what they're coming back to. The UK found a million dollars to set that up in Homebush for all of the players coming back. There were chartered flights organised from Australia to England. Um, There was quarantine. All those things were done with hotels over there. So it shouldn't have been... issues it seems that all that was taken care of in saying that there were two more games today in the super league postponed because of covid bringing set, bringing up to 17 games that have been postponed in the super league season but it's easier in my head it would be easier to quarantine a world cup where you can keep teams in certain hubs and have four teams playing out of one field in a round robin style tournament than it is jumping super league all over the I'd like to say all over the country um, in the few spots through England where they do host games um, where there's a high chance of them mingling with public and officials and stuff who aren't in the same sort of uh, protocol or bubble that the big players are or the big teams are. So yeah, I, I, I think the NRL might've set itself up for a bit of a battle here because if there's no postponement of the tournament and players still want to go, this could come down to, we're not sending over an Australian team, but there's been slow burning, now faster burning rumours that there may be an indigenous side and a Maori side going over. And if that's the case, it would then be up to clubs and players themselves to sign off, sorry, it'd be up to the clubs to sign off which players they'd be happy to allow go to that if they set up a separate team outside of the ARLC jurisdiction. How would you feel from a club, as a fan, saying um, you've got an indigenous player, Mary or Aboriginal heritage? They're putting together an Aboriginal Mary side to compete in the World Cup, and your yeah, team signs off on a player going over.
1: I'd be fine with it. Like yes, you, <laughs> you sign these, you sign these representative players knowing that these things are going to happen. Like I, I still don't, I just don't understand it. Like the the players are going to be well aware of what they're going over into. So yep. if they're not up for it, they're not going to go, i'd yeah. If it's purely just a timing and pushing back the scheduling and next year, when's the World Cup actually meant to be? Uh,
0: it was meant to be October. Yeah.
1: And was to usually run for four, four to six weeks.
0: Yeah, maximum.
1: So what's that uh, put take oh, into?
0: I, I was just like looking for the um, dates and I'd open up the wrong bloody page. Ah. <laughs> uh,
1: just What would they play? There'd be two pools of four, three games, and then the top two from each playoff. So what's it, five games. So it'd be yeah. five weekends of footy. Assuming they don't um, try and schedule the games maybe four or five days apart. So you think yeah. five weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah pretty much so takes five weeks. Into mid,
1: mid, Mid-November, which is eight weeks off.
0: 23rd of October, it starts the 27th of November. So, yeah, just over four weeks.
1: So, yeah, it takes you in past Australia Day and then you pretty much get in a month of pre-season. So, yeah, I could, I could understand that from that point of view. But it
0: happens every, what, four years? Well, it no, does, doesn't. yeah. Two but years, three years. Fuck, I don't even know if it's even on nah, I, I
1: think it is four years because... I think, like, oh, yeah, 2008, uh, 2012, 16, 20, yeah. Yeah. Just seems
0: um, like there's been a shitload of yeah. them, but yeah, last year's one got postponed
1: yeah, uh, already. Yeah, it's, it's a very difficult one. Like, as a imagine having your, all your rep players coming back first week of February, getting a week of training in, and then into trial matches. Like, it's just, I guess, it's not feasible, really. The trial matches there's
0: one thing. Um, as much as I love bringing footy to the bush, um, I think. Mm. they'd gone past the capita of what they usually would with all the COVID stuff on. Um, I don't think too many people would miss trial matches coming out to reach other no. areas or whatever.
1: But, I mean, that also contributes to the quality of early season football you see as well.
0: True. But we are talking about the rep players as well. And they're usually the ones who can get back into that a lot quicker. I, I, I don't know. I could see a club mm. going, you know what? You guys have the time off. We'll use these trial games pre-season to look at our youngsters coming through. Um, if we have injuries later in the season, who's going to be able to fill the voids better? And mm. you guys rest up and you'll slot you in week one anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. I'm interested to see what comes of this meeting today. And I, I'm just getting sick of the rugby league making decisions. And I know that's their job, but players have to be... Considered more going forward, considering they're the ones putting their body on the line, making decisions based on their own welfare. I don't know if they always need a mummy daddy body making the decisions for them, but we'll see where it goes to. Um, let's go some good news. So each club's Ken Stephen Medal nominee has been announced. So Ken Stephen's work in the community, um, work with charities, giving up their own time, all that sort of stuff. So. The nominees have been put forward by the NRL clubs as part of the annual NRL community awards. And it looks as though one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 9, 10 9. thirteen out of the 16 teams have put their nominations in. Um, or just yeah, the other three teams didn't have players in. So you've got Adam Dewey, Cody Walker, Jamal Fogarty, Jermaine Sarko, Jared Croker, Josh King, Nat Butcher, Nico Hines, Raymond Fatala Mariner. Ronaldo Molotalo, Ryan Madison, Sean Keppy, and Tom Gilbert. It's good to see that Ronaldo Molotalo um is eligible for this award.
1: It's still too soon. It's... I
0: know. Someone's gonna come out and say, are you sure? Uh, oh,
1: but... I just oh, I still can't believe that whole debacle. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole read-up of what each of these players have done, what they've done in their communities, what they've given up their time, their money, and their support for. It's good,
1: it's good to see there's a lot of younger boys in that too. Yeah,
0: really is. I, I really, I'm really i really happy to see Nico Hines there, um, probably knowing that most of the year he was going to be uh, moving away from Melbourne. Um, but he says, I'm just scrolling down to his, it looks, it looks like a lot of time spent in the NRL school-to-work program. Uh, which is the same program that my school's involved in, with the rise of the Indigenous community, and visiting the Sick Children's Starlight Rooms in Melbourne hospitals as well. So it's, it's good to see him doing a lot of work around Melbourne, knowing that he was most likely going to be leaving and not letting that get in the way of those sort of decisions. So there's a really good article up on nrl.com about all of that. And yeah, go check it out. I did, did I even say Sean Kepi? Keppy. God, yeah, he, he did. Is say down him. the bottom. Yeah. I just saw his face and didn't remember saying his name. Um, All right. What are the other big new? Oh, they're all. So I mean, there is, like, obviously some big stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we'll jump straight into it. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck has finished his career as we know it in the NRL and in, in rugby league. Um, it was a shock announcement. He was not expecting this to occur. Uh, no one was. Unfortunately, with COVID in Australia going through a very steep rise at the moment, uh, especially in Sydney, it looks as though, well, it doesn't look as though there is going to be a pause on the Australia and New Zealand travel bubble um, that could last for at least eight weeks. And if you look at that, plus the quarantine on top of that, and with the Warriors looking less and less likely of making the finals, I really applaud what the Warriors have done in assisting Roger to make this decision, saying that we know he's going to rugby union. We want him to have the best start in rugby union as possible. And if he was gonna miss eight weeks, plus another two of quarantine, 10 weeks that had taken four weeks past the end of this season, really, um, going back, having a full off season, then pre-season, it will be a hell of a lot of disruption. So they've granted him an early release from his contract. Roger has played his last game for the Warriors. Um, for a servant of the game, he's had like the roughest last couple of years, having been the captain through the relocation of the Warriors and last year's COVID, going through it this year, giving up his position for a young player coming through. Uh, all of that and then having to leave early without getting a send-off in New Zealand, which was planned. They were meant to verse you guys. St George a couple of weeks ago was meant to be their first game yeah, back in New hungover. Zealand. Yeah, it was meant to be that and that didn't come about. So he played his last game against Penrith last week. And the didn't only go out a
1: good way either he got he got knocked out of the game. So. Yes.
0: yeah, I was gonna say the only positive out of it, that game was his hundredth as the club captain. Um, of the Warriors, only a second player to do so. He won the Dallien medal in 2018. He won the golden boot in 2019. He finishes his career with 195 games and 58 tries. Which when I read that I was like, that didn't seem like as many as I thought he'd scored. It's more the fact that he was just so all over the field and involved in everything. It wasn't always him getting across the stripe himself, but those around him. He scored 30 tries for the Warriors in 111 games. And I don't think he's one of the players that's he's, he's like league wide by all other players. um, I've never heard a fan say anything bad about him, even if they're not a Warriors nor a Roosters fan. He's one of those players when he gets the ball, you jump up, unless he's playing your team and you kind of sink back and waiting to see what he's going to do to you. I don't know I'm really looking forward to seeing him in rugby because I do enjoy watching rugby. But at the same time, I'm really going to miss seeing him in rugby league.
1: Yeah, I um, it's a it's a shame how he's had to go out. Like, you know, he, he carried. well, he didn't carry, but he led the Warriors so well last year, and you know, he was the focal point of them making that late run into the finals, like just missing out and then this year it's just sort of been i know they've signed Reese walsh and looking towards the future but he's just sort of almost been not an outcast but just sort of pushed to the side and just i know he's he's doing trying to do the right thing by the club and you know he's looking towards the future but he's just sort of really sacrificed uh, a send-off that he deserved really he um and then for for this to happen like you can't blame the bloke like it's just unrealistic to what, how far into the season are we already almost 20 weeks and yeah. to go almost another three months without seeing your family and then getting straight back into things again, it's not really a, um, a great outcome for anyone, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. Like is is excitement plus every time he touches the ball. Um, and it's not just the flashy stuff he does. He's the first person getting back to take these mm-hmm. kick returns, the tough carries coming out of his end. That's that's the thing he'll be remembered for the most is just the the hard yards he did for his team every, every week, week in, week out. He was just the heart and soul of that team. So, um, yeah, Reese Walsh has got a, some big yes. shoes to fill moving that's into that. That's the thing I was but, going to bring up.
0: I, I I think that creativity and the X Factor, Reese Walsh, we know has that in spades, but I 100% agree. I, I love... Seen to Vasek, put his body in the line, take those big runs. And we know that the Warriors overall haven't been the most, um, haven't had the highest work ethic, we'll say, getting out of their own end. And he's been called upon to do a lot of that stuff. And when he had the three of um, him and Vadavai and, um, Fusatua. Fusatua, like those three get the ball Yeah. So now you got Reece Walsh stepping into there without, um, the other three basically, no Fusatua, no Mamalo, no Badavai. Obviously, um, mm. it'll be interesting to see what that sort of dynamic is, and I think that's where the Warriors may be found wanting
1: even more so than they already are in top, at times. Um, um ha- just on this, but oh, I was watching NRL 360 tonight, and Paul Ken was carrying on like a pork chop about this whole thing, saying this is essentially the Warriors putting the queue in the rack for the season, RTS should have stayed out the year, what's another six weeks, you're getting paid a million dollars a year, blah, blah, blah. And then he's trying to compare it to soldiers that go away for six to 12 months at a time. I'm like, so, the difference is soldiers sign up for that, knowing yeah, that's they what the job yeah. is. And then a role player is not in, in his contract saying, okay, if a global pandemic comes in, you'll have to relocate to another country, never see your family again. Um yeah, like, it's just, oh, he just carries on like a Porsche like, um, anyway, I'm getting a bit off topic there, but. It's just a dipshit.
0: I saw a great, uh, there was a tweet poll today. If you could fire one journalist into the sun, who would it be? And it was, uh, <laughs> he wasn't even on there. It was, um, Buzz Rossfield, James Hooper, or, Hooper. um, fuck, what's the other one?
1: Not Crawley. It... No it Ray Hadley. Wildler.
0: Might've been Danny Wilder, maybe.
1: Oh, there's a there's a, there's I a good other, step. and
0: I just said all the above, and you just <laughs> put Paul Kent in that one as well. Like, holy shit, that that's it's a huge reason why. Oh, I didn't even bring it up. But anyway, um, it kind of reminds it on the rugby league world cup argument. James Graham went off his nut about it, like what two nights ago, about the the choice of ARL and New Zealand rugby league pulling out went off his head and ripped him to shreds and it was written up as a Fox Sports article, put online and then taken down within a few hours. And it was talking about, the reason why it was taken it down was the relationship between News Limited, Fox Sports and Peter Vlandi's and the partnership that they've got basically where you can't use Fox Sports as a slandering post for um, a decision made basically by a sport that's owned by News Limited. And James Graham was basically using as a platform to speak out against the decision, speak out against the establishment, et cetera. And the story was taken down within hours of it being posted up. So when we talk about decisions are made to suit the game, we've also got to remember they choose to suit their employers as well. Mm. That's the other thing we didn't think if there's a news limit, going to get nothing out of the rugby league world cup, um, Advertising package or anything like that, but they could stand to lose market share or whatever at the start of the season next year. So, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it as well. And then you had Gus Gould coming on about how the UK doesn't actually care about the international game because they wouldn't be able to be there if the NRL wasn't there and all this shit. I don't know. know. The NRL in Australia has it very easy. We don't really have any other sport to compete against outside of AFL. And we had a pretty big market share of TV, whereas Rugby League in the UK are taking on this little thing called the Premier League. Most people have heard of it. Um, The World Cup in England would go a hell of a long way to helping them out. But anyway, enough of my sour grapes. Let's talk about some good news or bad news. Uh, We're getting to some signing news. So we go coaches or players first.
1: Oh, coaches, why not? Right. It shouldn't take too long, should it? No.
0: So, all the talk about Craig Bellamy, the Bachelor of Coaching, um, his deal was running out of the storm this year. His talks about uh, the Sharks and the Broncos both offering coaching advisor roles, basically. Um, there was talk about him leading the new Brisbane team when it comes in. If not him, then Wayne Bennett. Uh, he would pretty much said that he'd finished down at Melbourne or Melbourne had said that, the are trying to say, rah, rah, rah. Supposedly, tomorrow he's gonna to be signing off on a new five-year deal, is a number that's been thrown around, or at least a multi-year deal, looking in the vicinity of about 1.2 million per year, um, which probably no one's gonna bat an eyelid, even though every time a player comes up for a million dollars a year, everyone's like, oh my God, that's too much, but anyway. <laughs>
1: What the hell? Where the hell did this come? From? Well, there's sort of been sort of murmurs in the media for a while that he's close to making a decision, and he wanted to get a decision done. But mm. I wasn't expecting a five-year deal. Um, in saying that, though, it, it seems like it's very much a year-by-year basis, judging from the report I heard earlier. So uh, the only thing that's guaranteed at this stage is the he'll be coached until the end of next year. Yeah, and then basically he can continue coaching or move up into the head office for the remainder of those five years. Yeah. because That's it's the a, general gist of what I heard.
0: Yeah, it's an, it's, an, it's an interesting contract. It could go five years or longer. He's agreed to coach for the rest of this year and next year. But there's no certainty after that. So the cool thing I think That's- here is the amount of say that he has, the amount of respect that he has. There's even talk that if he doesn't coach after next year, so after 2022, he'll go into a director of football role at the storm and which will allow him to appoint the next coach.
1: Which I think so it's a good thing.
0: That's that would be awesome. Imagine the coach appointing the next coach as opposed to someone upstairs. Like he yeah. would be the man upstairs.
1: Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, I, I think that's the only way to succeed him is for someone to, for him to pick someone yes. in the same mold yeah. you don't need some blokes coming in and picking Stephen kearney or something like that <laughs> um
0: do you, do you think they'll still put coach coach cam on him to so say he's stopped coaching he's to up the <laughs> new coach but th- there's no coach cam on the new coach it's just on him still <laughs> that like spitball on the coach's decisions that'd be brilliant Absolutely um,
1: brilliant. I'd, I'd love to see what his role is if he still attends game days and what he actually does. Whether he, sits 100%, on the he like it. um like Ben Eakin does for the Broncos, you know, he sits on the sideline. I'd just love to see Craig Bellamy there, just blowing up. I've ever
0: seen. It's him one on thing. The sideline.
1: It's one thing that'll never grow old is him blowing up. He was in fine oh, no. form on uh, Friday night as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's um against the, against the boys. Um, he's been there for twenty years. Yeah, Whoa! Uh, has
1: he has he been coaching the whole time though? I thought he.
0: This is next yeah, year will be his twentieth he... year, and only one man has done more years at a consecutive
1: NRL club. So uh, Bennett, yeah. Wow. Um. Oh, yeah, he's, geez. He's and missed the finals once in that time. He's um, going to average a premiership,
0: like the ones that everyone counts. He'll be like pretty much averaging one every five years.
1: Yeah, too bad a couple of them were cheating. No, up. no, I mean like
0: the legit ones.
1: Oh, the legit ones, yeah. He's, he's had so. he's
0: had four and then what two cancelled now. 0709
1: canned, and you have to go back to 2011 or the rest. No, 2011 was no, no,
0: 2012. Yeah, 2012, 20 20
1: 17 2023. Yeah, that's nuts. They got done in, they got done in 06. They Illegally one hundred and seven that you guys flogged at my weight. Yeah, they yeah. illegally one hundred and nine, and then the dragons one twenty ten, mate.
0: There you go. Look at that. Had to throw that. That's the only reason he was going through all of them. And so he, just, uh, <laughs> he could just stay on them.
1: Well, I haven't got anything positive to talk about us at the moment, so I've got to find something. Is it
0: twelve, seventeen, and twenty, and then the two that they can. So even if you can, then and look, they're
1: gonna win this year.
0: One every four years. geez. <laughs> That's nuts. That's I can't such see, um, such consistency. Can't see
1: anyone getting close to him this year, to be honest.
0: No, not the way things are going at the moment. Um, all right. So if we jump off the sign-ins with regards to coaching, um, ready fast check. Dale Finucan has locked up his future. So he was probably the most sought-after signature this year. Maybe not as high profile, like. Not high profile is not the right word, probably wasn't given as much attention at the time as maybe the Nico Hines was because of the form that Nico Hines was in and Fanukin being injured at that time, but I think underlying that Fanukin is a still, still um, regard as one of the best forwards in their game and he's showcasing that again now these come back injury free for an extended period of time. He's locked up a four year deal uh, with the Sharks. Now I'm used to long contracts in overseas sports. And we've seen in the NRL, it's kind of weird. Players are either generally signing uh, one, two, three, or 10 year deals. It seems to pretty much be those sort of figures. It, it's been very rare or infrequent that we've seen four or five year deals. And this could be a bit of a risk at the back end of this contract with regards to who's 29 years old uh, this year, four years him through to 33. And the way that I think he he's plays actually going to be is
1: 34 by the end of it.
0: Oh, so is he turning 30 this must, year? Is must he? be turning 30 he, this year, I think. Um, he plays a very physical game. And the injuries that he's had when he's had them, he's been out for not like seasons at a time, but a fair chunk of the long periods. Long periods. And that's got to be a bit of a worry, I think, to the club. Especially a
1: lot of a lot of them have been soft tissue as well. Like, as Yes. A serial said, calf muscle. Yes, um, he's done his calf a few times. I, I, I think they've um, and apparently the fourth year is a very cheap deal. It's like yeah, 300k Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like I know they probably chucked that on there just so they could secure him. But
0: yeah, that um, was the thing. West Tigers are offering four years as well, and Sharks are only offering three. But they went to forward to match the term that the West Tigers were putting forward, and that seemed yeah. to have got him across the line.
1: And the Craig given factor strikes again, I guess. Um, yeah, well, I, he has the connection with him through um, through state of Origins, so I think that probably got him over the line.
0: Yeah, it could have definitely had something to it. Um, I
1: where does where does Finucane fit in the team because they they signed Cameron McKinnis to play lock. They signed Cameron McKinnis to play a lock next year, right? Oh, you can't shit, tell me that Finucane's gonna—he's he's a forgotten man, isn't he? Um, but but yeah, like he's gonna be playing prop. Like that's a very, very small pack. If that's—and I know the game's sped up, but you still see the big boppers are still dominant. Um,
0: we have yeah, Brandon Hamill, LA. Aaron Woods isn't going to be there. You have Royce Hunt.
1: Uh, Always hunt if he's fit. is still contracted. Um,
0: Aiden Tolman, but he's only on a one year, isn't he?
1: Oh, imagine if the starting pack, right, is Aiden Tolman, Dale Fanukan, and Cameron McInnes. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be going backwards in attack, like uh,
0: the old, the old. What's that? Like an old Storm reunion with um, Tolman and (laughs) Fanuken?
1: Bulldogs even.
0: Yeah, Bulldogs Um, even true.
1: But, I'm just trying like, to and find. Then you, but the you know, other teams luckily they've recruited Adrian. some really luckily they've recruited some really good halves to kick him out of trouble. I oh, know that's right, they've got three fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Moylan and buddy Nico Hans. Uh, like they've signed some big name players, but I don't know how they all fit together.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a weird team to put. Because um, 'cause they're letting and then you look at yeah, who they're letting go in that back line. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to find who the other teams here were um, outside. There we go. Canterbury, Gold Coast, Brisbane, and West Tigers were the four we, other clubs We were sniffing around involved. him as
1: well. Yeah, that's
0: right. St. George came in last week, week before, as a late Yeah, sider. we.
1: So apparently we were sniffing around him earlier in the year, and then DeBellon got cleared, and then we went cold on him. But then once Paul Vaughan got mm. the sack, we went back looking for him again.
0: And you've spent some of that 800K already on Jaden Sewell, which we talked about. Yep. Oh, shit. Good signing.
1: Right. He scored a double on the weekend. Oh,
0: look at that. Sharks have re-signed 5'8", Matt Moylan, to a one-year extension for the 2022 season, talking about soft tissue injuries. Uh So Nico Hines, Matt Moylan, halves for the Sharks next year. Maybe hey, we'll, we'll see how p- that goes. Braden
1: Trindle's playing pretty well at the moment. He might find himself there.
0: Oof. Yeah, okay.
1: I still can't see Nico Hines as a halfback. He's just... No, nah, he's a six. He's a six, I guess six through a one. Is Craig, Craig even going for the Melbourne Storm mould where they've gone They've gone three fullbacks in the spine? Like, Jerome Hughes isn't a traditional halfback. He probably They've done a great like job
0: moulding him into they, one. Um, like he plays as a halfback now. Um, yeah,
1: his long-kicking game's not the best in the world, but got a good short-kicking game, great running game. And plays at pace is that the same oh, mold that Fitzgibbons going for? Maybe that's the only thing I can think of. But
0: emulating, yeah. emulating the uh, Craig, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, Craig Bellamy, Craig the Craig,
1: mm, the Craigs,
0: the Craigs. Uh, all the other signings we've talked about previous: Tavita Pango, Jay Knockenbord, Tui Katar and Jaden Stewart. Yeah, they're all last episode. Um, it feels like we're missing something that's occurred off the field, but. I can't remember, so we'll do it next time if I think about it. Uh, We'll have a quick break and we'll come back with charges and injuries from round 19 um, in the hard hit segment with Luke Thompson doing everything and more that he can for the Canary Bulldogs. Every time I look at injuries now, I just think of NRL physio straight away because he does such a good job at getting on and breaking them down and he one of his tweets popped up and it was a really odd time of day it was like 11 a.m maybe sunday morning and i went what the hell is he tweeting about now because i've got him on notifications at the moment in case big injury drops and he went yeah i'd probably call this a grade three and i went oh shit who is it it was a clip from the skateboarding at the olympics a guy had gone down <laughs> the grind bar didn't quite land had one foot still on the board and the other foot on the concrete kind of like bunny hopping trying to get control of it he was running backwards and he slotted leg on either side of the support um supporting leg of a grind bar and just like literally gooched himself backwards on the bar (laughs) he said call this a grade three I was cracking up and I was just like because I first got hell worried going oh shit grade three that's a season gone and then I opened it went yeah it's actually pretty funny (laughs) <laughs> but um, good to see him like watching his other sports as well. Uh, West Tigers are going to be without Luke Garner and Alex Safer for extended periods after picking up leg injuries. So Alex Safer um, was at the center of the Josh Alloy tackle that he will be missing a week for in suspensions, and we'll get to that. Um, there was no intent or anything in that tackle. It was wasn't a full on cannonball. Um, it was just a he didn't have to do it we we'll that way. It was. What, it was what did he get
1: charged for? Was it a? Was it a cannonball? Uh, no. Nah, so, so I'll bring it up here. Uh,
0: it'll be one of the first ones. Josh Aloise accepted one contact. game. Back. Yeah. Uh, Alloy grade two sanction for dangerous contact. Yeah. So it wasn't right. written down as a cannonball. Um. Because it wasn't Alloy, that full isn't that, isn't a motion.
1: Isn't a cannonball just called dangerous contact though? Most likely, I don't. Likely. I don't yeah, I, to me, so, when
0: I watched it, I didn't see this guy. It wasn't that full, not run and dive, but it wasn't.
1: No, the old Isaac didn't exactly look
0: premeditated. Technique. Yeah, it wasn't that one. No, so he's accepted the early guilty plea, which sucks. It was his first game back from injury,
1: mm. so
0: we'll get to. But yeah, we'll get to that. Scans results and confirm Garner suffered a syndesmosis injury. Man, that is contagious. With a follow-up mm. examination, depending if it requires surgery. Um, and Safer, says, fell victim to a dangerous contract charge and may not play again this season due to a high-grade MCL injury. So that's a pretty serious outcome. Manly lost bench utility. Dylan Walker to a head knock late in the contest. <laughs> when he came up second best, trying to tackle Stefano with a Meccano. Not surprised. Big um, mismatch. Big mismatch. Penrith won't bring back Nathan Cleary for their grand final rematch against the Storm with a playmate. Like Playmaker still sidelined with that shoulder injury. Uh, Isaiah Yo concussion and Tyron leg may also miss the clash. Um, James Fisher Harris renewed flying back to Sydney for the birth of a baby and Coruscant um, have already been confirmed as key omissions. So if you're looking at Fisher Harris, Yo, Coruscant, Cleary missing, that's four of their starters from the grand final. Um, and
1: I think. Tyron Mason down this week too. So that's yeah, Tyron
0: Mason gone. <clears throat> so if you're looking at Luai and Burton that's... again in the halves, most likely, and someone will come into that center position. Momrofsky
1: or... Yeah, they've got plenty of depth in the outside. Yeah, like they've got enough. They Jenny's not getting wrong.
0: a run. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean Johnson went off with a hamstring injury, um, had to be assisted from the field in the first half. Of their winning, it's the Bulldogs. Um, Matt Moyle is due back from a calf injury next week to kind of compensate their being kind of tag teaming all season. Cody Ramsey left the field with a wrist injury in the final minutes of his side's loss to the Gold Coast. and so will require a scan. Brian Kelly was taken off midway through the second half with an ankle injury as well. I feel as though he's had an ankle injury in the past. He only came back from that this year. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, Ryan Sutton will be out for one to two weeks due to a chest injury against Parramatta. Papali has to pass concussion protocols. Jack Murchie and Alicia Katoa will have to undergo concussion protocols. Aden Ful- Noah Blake uh, went off with a finger injury in the second half, and as a result, have re- the Warriors have recalled to Noah Brown after a brief stint at the Dragons.
1: Team next week. <laughs>
0: Uh, Reese Walsh does not have a concern. Uh, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds will both likely be able to play next week. Um, Bruce has suffered a double blow with Matt Ucavalu and Billy Smith both suffering ankle injuries, and Murata Kore left the field after suffering a knee injury. So a fair bit to keep up to date there. Um, almost every team has been mentioned in that, from what I can see, except for what the Broncos and Maybe the Cowboys, unless I'm forgetting someone already. So just keep an eye on how your club's traveling with regards to injuries. We'll get an update before round 20. With regards to the charges, so Luke Thompson is contesting the judiciary, risking a three match ban for his late hit on Sharks. Uh, look at Blake
1: stupid. Why is he challenging that? Because, yeah, the contact wasn't dangerous, but it was so late. And he did make initial contact with his shoulder. And I've seen. Crichton challenged it this year and lose and get two weeks. And someone else challenged a late hit the other week, and they copped, They were unsuccessful as well. He's got absolutely no, chance, He's got no of, chance of getting off.
0: And so if he'd taken early guilty plea, it would have been two weeks. Um, if he He's also a repeat offender. A three He's match. a
1: repeat offender. He did it to Dylan Brown a few weeks ago as well. Oh, shit, he did too. So... Oh. Um, um, serves him right It's something. Maybe he just wants a few weeks on the sidelines the <laughs> He's been doing pretty
0: much everything for the Bulldogs
1: Yeah, he was carrying them on, on Sunday
0: but... He can't really rely on headroom to yeah, be on just... the field
1: Jesus
0: Tight and centre Patrick Herbert Will be banned for two games Unless he successfully contests a grade 2 Careless high tackle
1: charge Is he challenging it?
0: No, um, no, no he'd be banned for yet. two games unless he successfully contests. Right. Um, doesn't say um, if he's actually contesting though.
1: Yeah, that was another one we didn't get the penalty for in the game. And then he gets put on report afterwards and cops two weeks. So cheers.
0: Joy. <laughs> we'll stop we'll hop a whitey cop to fine of 1150 for dangerous contact.
1: See fine that's That one was a a blatant crusher. Like he, he had his head in next to um more Tyler's head so it's locked in like this and then he pushed in on it Shit. like that is your typical crusher and he gets a fine for it
0: yeah big fine not really 1100
1: bucks
0: <laughs> uh Tom Flegler has been banned for two games wonder what oh that's right he smashes a yo across the chin <laughs> um unfortunately yo yeah, was pretty much knocked out cold um he was looking at a three-match ban similar to Luke Thompson if he'd fought and lost, so he's accepted the two-game ban. Uh, Murray Murray's accepted a one-game ban for a crusher tackle. Uh, Matt Lodge and Josh Loi had accepted one-match bans for contrary conduct and dangerous contact. And Jermaine Asako has attracted a final $750 for a grade one high tackle. as Nico Hines, also with a careless high tackle for 1150 dollars um, do you see Kenny Edwards over in the Super League? Got done for a Hoppawadi.
1: <laughs> eight weeks on the sidelines. Oh, he's a, he's an interesting character, Kenny Edwards. <laughs> just it doesn't surprise me if any bloke was going to do it, it would be him. Some Kenny of the seen him do on the footy field.
0: Kenny Edwards versus Hoppawadi in the boxing ring. If Hoppawadi <laughs> can lose like oh, thirty kilos and
1: and thirty years,
0: <laughs> thirty years. They should fight with just the big foam fingers.
1: As opposed to gloves.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd pay for that. i to watch that. I was actually thinking like, um, like an entertainment value. Watching the Olympics on the weekend. I'm just watching him going. Um, I was watching with Atticus and he's four. and he goes, oh, go Australia, go Australia. It's like, Australia lost. I was like, yeah, I know, buddy. He's like, why? I'm like, well, because they're all really good. Like, even if you lose you're still really good and i was thinking how could you really get that across to just your average viewer and i went oh every event should just have an average joe in it just to show (laughs) how far how good the athletes are and like if you're watching live it's like a lucky draw at the footy where you got the 50 50 ticket or whatever it could be like coming up next on the men in men's gymnastics on the rings can we get an Nick Wallace down here, please. A Nick Wallace. <laughs> just, you can meet me as a gym You just got this average dude or average woman
1: just to oh, see how no, good No one needs to see me doing that. <laughs> it's kind of like what the, the Bulldogs are doing with putting their side out everywhere. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> 17 average blokes. and
0: <laughs> See what they can do.
1: I was going to single out Lachlan Wallace, but I thought I'd play. Oh, them.
0: man. Mate, you'll get a petition against you by the Bulldogs supporters.
1: <laughs> I've got enough issues off the field.
0: I was watching the 2K rowing and like one, it's fucking hard to row 2Ks on a fucking rowing machine that doesn't go anywhere. I was like, how the hell do they steer? And like they're balancing their strokes. i thinking, put two people from the grandstand in that boat. They're just gonna be spinning circles. <laughs> they're not even gonna go in a straight line, let alone do it fast. And I'm just going oh, man, yeah. are crazy. Oh anyway i'm like man no i'd actually pay to watch that um i was just about to go through the games and i've um i just exited out there on bloody window here we go all right so there was footy on the weekend supposedly um no well, i'm kidding ended up started with that block bar so that everyone selected raiders 12 eels 10 okay so i was a bit late on flicking this one on and I almost put a bet on this. one, just a late bet going, you know, there's probably going to be a fair few points in this game because Eels have been scoring pretty well and Raiders seem to be maybe running into some form, but it's been against some not-so-high-flying teams. I was like, they might throw the ball around like they did against Manly for a little bit. 12-10. The Eels, man, like... I made a joke that Mitch Moses broke his back carrying the Eels for the season, but <laughs> it kind of looks as though he did because they, I'm not going to say they were horrible. This was just a low scoring grinding game and they look clunky and it's not the worst game to have leading into the finals, getting into a grind like this because they've had a few blowouts recently, but it they really missed Moses, I think, with regards to icing the game and winning it.
1: Um, it is, they, they struggled to build pressure and that's mm, what he does he yeah. he kicks long kicks to the corners he's always a good kick chaser his defense has improved out of sight and they were sort of exposed down their left edge a bit um,
0: he's not going to have know, so be... much in that but
1: I under, no, I but agree
0: like, with your first two points the, the control factor of his kicking game
1: yeah but like the the first try how and I were just isolated um Young Jacob Arthur, and he made a poor read and he just walked straight through and scored. So, like, there's just, just little things like that. And
0: Invasions. yeah, I
1: think um, Dylan Brown's is he's a good second fiddle, he's not a lead playmaker no. at this point in his career. And I think that's I think they've just been lacking a bit with their kicking game. Um, but in saying like, that, Canberra were up for it, like, they mm. from the get go they matched, if well matched and bettered. Para's physicality, which is mm-hmm. which is the key to beating Parramatta this year. Um, if if you if you beat their middles, then they'll try and go around you, and um, that's when the errors and that's where the clunkiness comes into it. Yeah. So um, yeah, if they try yeah, to I go around too early, Cambrough,
0: it doesn't
1: work. Yeah, Cam really laid the blueprint down on on how to beat them. Um, in saying that, they were lucky to get away with it at the end. I did you see the the last play of the game? My yeah, num, the tackle of Sebo, Sebo over
0: the sideline. The tackle. <laughs> the bump.
1: What's your opinion? What's your opinion on that? Like, if that's how they're going to rule it week in week out, that's fine. But it's the letter of the law,
0: we know that's not how they're going to rule it week in week out. Um letter the, letter the Letter of the
1: law. He has made no attempt to make that tackle.
0: No. See, absolutely I, no attempt. I can't go back against my word here because. We can talk about the obstructions in the Storm Cowboys game, or we will. And the obstruction rule was made black and white to get rid of that gray area. So this is the letter of the law. What it doesn't allow for also is common sense sometimes saying, yes, and it's a structure, but there's no chance they would have got there. Um, the tackle and sevo if I'm a coach, I'm stoked because my players are making every decision to save that game as much as I can. Um, You're talking about the Rapana hit. Yeah. Rapana specifically. The only thing I could put in his favor there is his arms weren't wrapped, but the contact was arm as opposed to shoulder.
1: (sighs) But look at the positioning of his arm. It's tucked as if he's trying. If Sevo's standing standing up. If he's he's standing up, yeah.
0: But I think we've also got to look at it both ways in that, Tacklers almost never get the benefit of the doubt if the person they're tackling is falling into the tackle. Um, In this case, it's worked in the tackler's favour, the fact that he's falling down when the contact's made. Because, yeah, if he was standing up, it would have been shoulder on shoulder. But because he's falling, it's Rapana's arm, and that's literally saved him.
1: He also makes contact with his leg first, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because he's essentially stuck his knee out (laughs) <laughs> and then come through with the hip and knocked him into touch. Yeah,
0: I'm okay with the leg because, in all honesty, Rapana's probably put himself in more danger there because Sivo's not a small person and it only takes one stud. I'm pausing it right on the contact here. It takes one stud for Rapana's leg to hyperflex uh, backwards hmm. there. And he's but it doesn't. It doesn't up.
1: say. It doesn't say in the rule book. Uh, not allowed to shoulder charge or lead with the knees as the defender, unless the guy is twice the size of you. Like <laughs> yeah. If if Rapana does that in the middle of the field, he's penalised and put on report. Why is it different? Because Sevo's diving in a corner that you can come in with a tucked arm, essentially trying to shoulder charge or shoulder bump him into touch.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's right. Cause he hasn't made the chance. He hasn't made the attempt to wrap his arms. His arm is cocked, but the contact is arm on back, not shoulder on back. And that saved him. Yeah. And that's because it's not a shoulder charge. Yeah. And the leg when when you freeze it on the foot, he's he's planted his leg to give him that stability to push and it's in front of the try-line. I don't think. I don't think there's any intent there to try and knock the ball or kick the ball out with his leg or his knee. Um, but yeah, this is one of the but, very few cases where the, ta- 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 the attack, the of falling, has helped the defender. Oh shit! Sorry, I just like watched the next frame and his leg did. Rapana's leg did. Oh yeah, in. it
1: it didn't look good. He, he didn't um, put himself
0: in a great spot safety wise for himself, but. As a coach, I'm looking be- at that
1: going. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And as if I was a Canberra fan, I'd be loving it. But mm. I like you don't have to like Billy Slater was the king of doing this coming in with the shoulder and all legs yes. at the feet. But like it's been proven that that's not the only way to save a try in the corner. No. Like earlier in the year, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck on Rapana in the last play of the game, do oh, full yes. uh, stretch, full stretch, sorry, Superman dive and knocked the ball and Rapana into touch. That's a legal play. I don't see what Rapana's done there by the letter of the law being a legal play. I just don't like the fact that... And there's probably a couple of things like this, but if it happens in the middle of the field, yeah. it's a penalty. But because it's a, a try scoring and someone's coming across in cover defence, they allow it. Like, And, and what's the, the difference minute. between... What's the difference between hitting your forearm and your bicep with someone when your arm's tucked? Honestly, it's a matter of, of it me, man. it's a joke. But <laughs> I this said, is literally, the most his only thing, defense right?
0: is him falling. That, that's the so only thing in I the game
1: for, in the first half. Joseph Tarpanay got done for a shoulder charge, he shoulder charged his own player, didn't even hit the paramount <laughs> player, he got put on the report and penalized. And then, <laughs> like. Just, anyway. Um you asking for that, consistency, like,
0: Wally? Is that what you're asking for? You want us I to am, do our yeah. job consistently?
1: Um, but, yeah. Oh, in saying that, Sevo made an absolute meal of it. Like, any decent winger would have scored that. Sevo's honestly <laughs> one of the most overrated wingers in the comp. Honest, I'd... <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. They weren't at Bank um, west, man. It
0: wasn't angled perfectly for
1: it. Like, come on. Oh, he's... The slow, he's so slow, and he t- waited to the last minute to get down. Have you seen George Tafour? George Tafour would have scored that. <laughs> um. Anyway. It would but, but in, say, in, in saying all that, like, Canberra were the better team. Um,
0: that's three wins in a row to for the that. Raiders. Uh, we played yeah. them into
1: form, mate. We we beat them, and then now yeah, look.
0: That's
1: it,
0: yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we haven't like won a game since. 44-8 <laughs> or something, was it? Or 44-6. What's that? Look, when you guys beat it. No, oh, sorry, you beat them 22-20. No, we Titans
1: yeah.
0: beat them 44-6 the week after. Yeah. Um, and, then they've gone 30 to, and then they went 30-16 over Manly. We've talked about that in that Manly had three chances and scored three times. And that's mm-hmm. when Raiders had 10 sets in a row and it took them to the 10th set to score. Um, and yeah. then since then, that's why I tipped the sharks the week after. Raiders have won 34-18 over the sharks, which is a game that could have gone either way at halftime. And then they've beaten the Eels 12-10. So two teams fighting for the finals. They they've knocked off. Now they've got the Knights and Dragons. Um they haven't got the worst run home. No. Oh, actually no, no after no. that they do. Then they have Storm, Sea Eagles, Roosters. Mm. Yeah, that could be that could well, be a very important two points for them in the grand scheme of things. Eels, they just they've only beat that's the first loss to a team outside the top eight all year, which also means they haven't beaten a lot of the top eight teams. So I'm not gonna say that this year's uh, Brunel because they're higher up the table, but it could be a concern for Brad Arthur.
1: Well, that's not true they they beat um, they beat Melbourne. They beat the Roosters earlier in the year. Oh, got, um, yeah, players. earlier
0: in the year they had, but I'm doing the last they, few weeks. They got weeks. beaten by us. <laughs> yeah. Nah, the last few weeks, what have they looked like? i feeling it hasn't yeah, been lost, the strongest. Lost feud. to
1: Penrith. Lost to Penrith. Just beat – or not just beat Titan. oh, they, Titans. They beat Titans. Titans.
0: But they should have – that's, again, that Penrith. I tip Eels in that game because they were close to full yeah. strength and this is the game Penrith were missing – um, Cleary, they were all missing. The Lua, they yeah. were missing. Yeah, they they should have towed that one up because then leading into that game, Knights, Tigers, Bulldogs, they'd beaten all bottom eight sides at that point. Titans, they'd beaten. Yeah, Para now. Oh, that's right. They've got one of the hardest runs home because they've got Roosters,
1: mm.
0: Roosters, Rabbits, Sea Eagles, then Cowboys and Storm. So that's right, they versed the, the four teams, uh, the other th- four teams in the top five. Oof. All right. Good luck, Parramatta. Um, Roos' 28 beat the Knights' 8 up at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Um, Tupanua getting over the, the line again. Uh, he's having a pretty fruitful year. Um, adding it on to last year as well. Crichton getting over the stripe again. He's been doing that quite a bit lately. Um, And Joseph Manu, picking up another meat pie for his tally of the year. James Tedesco, two for six in conversions. Um, Isn't Sam Walker been the kicker? No, Latrell Mitchell. No, Latrell Mitchell. Do he
1: Sam Sam Walker Walker had been doing it. Teddy was doing it earlier in the year. I don't know, maybe Sam Walker just had a shocker to start with or maybe his can injury because he did attempt one, Sam Walker. No. Nah. Uh, Tedesco got two from five.
0: One, two, three, or five. No, it's got two for s- oh just yeah. got two for six overall for conversions, yeah. And Tedesco's got two of them. Wow. I don't even this is the one of the games I didn't see. I didn't even know he was goal kicking. Bloody hell. Um Jake Clifford getting a conversion, a penalty goal for the Knights with Jake <laughs> Saifidi getting across the line in the 13th minute. So they did score first. Bruce it on the board till the 30th minute. Um, but really tailed this one up in the second half with tries in the 56, 64, 69th, and seventy-six. Um, another game where the Knights have been competitive for a period of time, and then just haven't had the class nor the, uh, what's to say, stamina basically to finish it out against one of the top eight sides.
1: There Any was other? a moment that sort of changed the game um... After Saifidi scored the first one, they made another break down the right and Kurt Mann two on one with um with Teddy, went to pass it back on the inside to Ponga and Teddy went for the ball and knocked it down. Saved so, so they would have been going up twelve nil then. And then um yeah, just from there, Bruce is really built back into the game. And in saying that, Newcastle did stick with them for a fair while and it probably wasn't until Daniel Tupo scored that things sort of opened up a bit, but um Insane saying that, Roos is another couple of injuries they've got to deal with now. <laughs> Billy Smith gone and um, and Ikavalu, two more outside backs gone the first half hour of the game. So, I mean, to do, I think they had Tupanua and um, Lachlan Lamb as makeshift centres. So Yeah, and you have Joseph Sawali um,
0: out for the season after having the ankle surgery.
1: Um, yeah. Oof.
0: Trying to think who's well, they got Josh Morris to bring back in, so we know that he wasn't picked
1: yeah,
0: um, based on form, so that helps. And oh, I'm trying to think who else is a next round. Holds going his way down the depth oh, chart nice anyway. One. Um, ooh, bloody hell, I'm really struggling to think. I'm like, I know the Warriors that played Adam Kieran. Oh, in the is it Adam Kieran
1: before. Yeah, Adam Adam Kieran could play center. Yeah, but, he might go out there. He's a big But then they've they've got they've got down. Joey Manu and Joey Manu and Josh Morris to play a center. So um whether they yeah, yeah it's know, whoever they, goes they, on the wing. I'm sure though.
0: Whether yeah. they they might switch Josh Morris out on the wing, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that'll, be, that'll
1: be a that'll be a call yeah. for him next week. Um, but yeah, it's pr- pretty much um Tedesco just stepped up when it when he needed to. I he ended up so with four tries or something like that. So it's
0: kind of mm-hmm. like that in and where everyone's talking about Troboyovich and Mitchell and um, Tedesco actually oh, led him in a lot of was the
1: attacking quite ga- It was quite in game one, but games two and three, he was close to their best. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Luttrell should have got man the series just but um yeah, no I'd, Teddy's is quietly doing his thing. He he's probably been a victim of the Roosters being very inconsistent and injury. Struck this year, um, but he's just—he's very much like a two of Shek. He does all the hard stuff coming out of the the mm. end, and then I guess they're at the moment he hasn't got the attack. fifth, which is easy. Yeah, they, they just know how to win, don't they? Um, but I think they've got a relatively tough run through Roosters, so it'd be a good game coming up this week. Yeah, they do yeah, actually Parramatta.
0: Moving on to what was a surprising game. Uh, to say the least in that the storm beating the Cowboys 20 to 16 up in Townsville. And in all honesty, leading into this one, I was expecting a decent blowout and that's with the storm resting the amount of players that they did rest. And so in this one, there was no, no Felice um, Monster. The other ones, No Munster, no Fanukin. Um, and they, Rested all of those and they had the opportunity to do so. And also no Harry Grant still. And Ryan Pappenhouse was making his return from the interchange late 33 minutes. And Nico Hines still played a full 80 at fullback. And the Cowboys gave it to the Storm. Now, one of the talking points out of this was two disallowed tries. Kind of back to back. One, both were sent up as tries. So the first one was against the Cowboys. It was ruled... No try um, due to the fact that there was an obstruction. um, Scott Drinkwater getting the ball on the inside shoulder of his runner um, before running behind him and passing the ball out the back. Now, if you watch the replay, that move is done so far back from the defensive line that the whole defence had time to get across. And it really didn't make an impact because the try was scored in the corner anyway. But when talking... Um, about rules. This is one with the obstruction rule where there was so much gray area in it that the NRL just came out and said, this is a black and white rule, regardless of the outcome, regardless of common sense. If you get the ball on the inside shoulder, it's a no-try rule. And that's what they called. To a rugby league purist or fan, I think Wally and I are both in agreement that's a try 100% of the time. The defense wasn't going to stop it regardless, but well, the law states it's a no try. It's a no
1: try. They it's went the, um, up. Sorry. Uh, you, uh, yeah, talk about the next one. Sorry.
0: And then they go up the other end. Storm are attacking the Cowboys line. Brennan Smith gets the bullet dummy half. Christian Welch is the lead runner. He's gone. He's run his line. He's gone through in between the two defenders. He's over the try line. The defenders have come off it. That's when Brendan Smith decides to run across the line that Christian Welch has just run. So technically, has he run behind him? Yes, but there was almost what a second gap at least. Welch is four All five list. meters at least. He's, Welch is four five meters past the play the ball by this stage. Um, gives the ball out to Olam uh, Olam who just runs through because the two players on the try line had overcommitted. Um, and it was ruled back for a no try for the same reason in that he's run behind the lead runner. Now that one to me, wasn't a destruction at all. It wasn't, he got the ball on the inside of the shoulder cause he was on with the ball. Did he run behind his player? Technically, if you've got a player 40 meters upfield and you run behind them, technically you've run behind a player. Uh, the defense wasn't even looking at Welch. Welch was past them. He was on his way to Cairns by the time Brendan Smith ran behind him. And it was a complete just misread by the defense. It was a horror. Oh, it was such a bad call. And Anasley's come out and said that, that one should have been a try, whereas the Cowboys one was rightly ruled a no try. That's so oh, what you get with the black and white tr- rule,
1: I guess. This is just rugby league, isn't it? Like
0: Find every <laughs> yeah. way you can Teddy... to not give
1: a try how do you explain this to someone who has never seen a game before Oh man, <laughs> like um i don't understand how I honestly could come out and say that one is a try and one isn't because they're essentially the same thing aren't they
0: yeah
1: <laughs> but, but yeah anyway um in my eyes they probably both should have been tries they had no effect on um, the actual play. If you look at the mm-hmm. the storm one, what caused that try is the fact that Tom did ran up ten meters past the guy carrying the ball. <laughs> That's what created the gap. They need to stop rewarding people for terrible reads. Like yeah. And then the other one was his Cowboys had an nice exactly run set and play. They were, they were he was he was half a step. Uh, Drinkwater was half a step behind where he sh- had to be to be. Um, on the other side of the player. You can't tell me that that final line can be the difference between a try and a no try. Yeah,
0: I, definitely not. 100% agree. It's over-complicating what's meant to and be then or they, what used to be a simple so,
1: so they really dive down into those to try and find a reason not to give it a try. And then uh, the Cowboys' last try is off a two-metre forward pass, which was... Not a fast forward pass, it, it was oh, slow, it like floated, it. <laughs> and they still couldn't pick it up. And um, the
0: touchy was smack bang in line with it. And yeah, it literally looked like he'd thrown it up into the wind and it had carried it. Like that's how oh, that's how blatant it was.
1: Yeah, um, but this this was a this was a bludger of a game, like both teams missing a lot of tackles, making a lot of errors, very un like performance. Um like you said earlier, Pappenhausen's return was, was very, very scratchy, as you'd expect, after 10 weeks on the sideline, after yeah. a very Decent sickening concussion. head knock. Yes. Mm, um, and, so, yeah, I can't see him getting rushed back into the fullback jersey anytime soon.
0: There was no correlation this week uh, with regards to Jamal, James like, Jason Tamalolo bench watch. Um, the last few weeks, we've looked at the correlation between when the Cowboys tries have been scored against, and when tamalola has been off the field, uh, so he was on the field for the tries this week by the look of it. But again, it's another week where he played fifty nine minutes. Well, if you guys don't want him, manly, will take him. Like we don't have any million dollar players at our club, and we could use a Tamalola. But um, if you're gonna not, if you're not gonna play in twenty minutes a game, we'll take him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do there. Um, I, I, do think, I think play him. I think oh, but you can't you can't expect him to play 75, 80 minutes every week. No,
0: I'm not saying Same that 60 minutes every week. Like these last few weeks have been 60, 64, 62, 59.
1: Like you're leaving a quarter of the game are-
0: with him on the bench.
1: How many locks are playing 80 minutes these days?
0: Um, not as many as... Um, what
1: used to? Used to. With but, the speed of the game. you should, s- should be Tum-lomo playing 65%. Kamalolo can to keep to
0: up seven. with this speed. Like, this is built for him. He's fit. He's fast. He can step and make use of this sort of stuff. Like...
1: Mm. But the issue is the Cowboys are struggling that much at the moment and they're defending. (laughs) It just seems like when he's out there, he's just making tackles. So they're not getting Mm. any value for him when he's out there. Well, that's Um, the thing.
0: The last few weeks, he's played 60 minutes, topped them for running metres. The last two weeks before this one, I'll have a look at this one as well. Last two weeks, he's played 60 or less minutes and still topped the Cowboys for run metres.
1: And that's the issue, though. That's, I think that's what Peyton is trying to fix, is the fact that Town they're playing 75 to 80 minutes every week. As much as it's great, as a Cowboys fan, seeing him clock up 250-plus metres every week, mm. and great for us super coach players, but that's not going to, long-term, that's not going to fix the Cowboys' problems. No, You can't it's not. rely on one player to run more than the rest of the pack combined. And I think the reason why he, as much as he's saying it's long-term, blah, 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 I think he's trying to get the rest of the pack to take some responsibility and a bit more ownership of the game, which he's not getting at the moment. But
0: Oh, it um, kind of worked this week. Like, if you look at Francis Marlow, 40 metres. Jordan McLean, 73. Shane Wright, 86. Mitch Dunn, 40. Jason Tamalolo, see, 147.
1: <laughs> and that's a quiet game from him. Like,
0: yeah, and they're the starters.
1: Jordan big. McLean is the one that needs a rocket. Like, honestly, he mm. was signed there on big dollars as the next best prop getting around. Yeah. And he's been such a disappointment, honestly.
0: He's, he's been a big letdown. He really has. Like, 100% with you.
1: Cohen Hess has been the next best forward this year. And that's, that's saying, Not something, saying something. But, yeah. Tom yeah.
0: Gilbert Mahili and Helium Luki. Both ran for 111 metres. Um, yep. So it's coming off the interchange, 48 and 31 minutes. So Francis Molo only played 32. So his stint, well, he had a 22 and a 10-minute stint, whereas Tamlo had a 30-minute stint and then an 18-minute stint. So that's the same thing that happened last week. He's got a 30-minute stint the first half. So he you got a 10-minute break, then the half-time, then another uh twenty-two minute break before he comes back on the field.
1: You know, they'd almost be better off just it's if a they're one of time forcing... restricted minutes. Just bring him on after 15-20 minutes and just playing the rest of the game. <laughs> like yeah. You can't have someone like the middle of the game is so important. Like mm-hmm. you see the teams with good benches, they really dominate in that period because the other teams with the weaker benches, their standard drops and then the good teams, this yeah. is what the Storm did all last year, Like they yeah. had the three big men coming off the bench and they dominated. Like it's almost more important that middle 40 minutes than the other two lots of 20 minutes. I I know it's something we tried on the weekend which didn't work, but we tried bringing DeBellin on after 17 18 minutes and playing in the rest of the game because it's a waste of a it's a waste of two subs if you
0: taking yeah, them off, them and then off. they're
1: sitting on the sideline for 30, 35 minutes of the game. Like, yep. this is... Yeah, I don't know. And it's, I, it's hard to really... It. It, it's hard to really... If you want to play someone in short quality stints, it just burns too many trades these... Uh, not trades. um Too
0: many substitutes.
1: Substitutes these days. Yeah, because you, you'd be wasting three if you want to play them in three 20-minute blocks. Yeah,
0: It's not... like anyway. He might be trying to get it to do he might be trying to do that for that specific reason but right now it's it's i think it's going to take a, a bit longer than what is he expecting it to take um yeah, yeah. all right the most points over the weekend rabbit 60 over the warriors 22. <laughs> i don't know what do you say about this one this is other chance to go I, to this I- one am i Dad and I were um and Aaron and then ended up not getting around to getting tickets. Kind of wish I did uh, because this was just a absolute shooter. 82 points in an 80-minute game. If you are if you enjoy defense and defensive reads and systems and setups, don't watch this game because even the Rabbitohs weren't real flash in defense um, because um. the 22 points the Warriors let in. Fourth minute, 37th, 39th, 64th. Not spread out over the whole game, but it wasn't like all their points came in a burst either. Uh, Whereas the Rabbitohs scored a try in every 10 minutes of the game. Every 10-minute block of the game, they scored at least a try. Uh, Reynolds, poor kicking game. Uh, One, two, three, four. Only seven of ten. And then Latrell Mitchell, one of one. So well done. 34-16 at half time. So they won what
1: the second half? 26-6. Pretty pretty low scoring second half. Fair um uh, just had their way with the Warriors, just absolutely dominated them through the middle. Um, it's the best game Damien Cook played for a long time. Um Actually, they changed – well, I haven't probably seen as many CS games lately, but they've they changed up their rotations a bit. So, um, Kaloa Matangi started on the edge, but then Jacob Host has pushed onto the edge after 20 minutes or so, and then Kaloa Matangi plays the rest of the game in the middle. And it yeah. actually gave them just a bit more punch. Like, geez, they got some big bodies coming through there now. Like, obviously, you got Burgess, um, that Margot's – a pretty solid boy. You got Jai Arrow. then you got Cam Murray's um, quick play the balls, which then mm. gets Damien Cook out. Like, and actually, I'll tell you who is playing good footy at the moment is Mark Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darren. I think last year we referred, yeah, last year we referred to him as just the guy, like that's filling yeah. the jersey, but he's come a long way as a footy player. Well, th-
0: this week uh, he only played twenty three minutes, but if you look at their bench, Jai Arrow played thirty four um mm. patrick Margot played 27 so it's pretty much you've got ken murray and ken murray played 53 so you look at Margot and murray there's your um full game there arrow and it's pretty much just nichols burgess and murray are the three getting spells for the three on the bench um, mm. Colin Matangi and Jaden Sue are both playing 80 minutes. Colin Matangi has been cracking for the last three, four weeks now. Um, what he he ran for over 200 meters this week, pretty sure. 234 yeah, he, meters, he was
1: huge. Like you would think, you would think in a game where your team scores 60 points, it'd be your halves or something, but mm. he was probably close to best on field. He, was, he had an absolute blunder.
0: Yeah, Craig, if we look, was that. So, you got to try, um. Two hundred and thirty-four hit ups from two from twenty five. Sorry, two hundred and thirty-four meters from twenty-five hit ups. So if he if he had sixteen meters onto that, he averaged ten meters a hit up over twenty-five of them in a game. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous for a very young
1: good. bloke. For...
0: Well, Jaden Sewer, two hundred and twenty-two meters over twenty-one hit ups. So he's pretty he is um, almost averaging ten meters a hit up.
1: He, that was probably close to his best game of first grade, I reckon. Must be because he's so excited to be going to a real club. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that it was just, they're just in cruise control at the moment. See us, like.
0: Cody Walker, what a
1: letdown.
0: <laughs> 65 metres, lowest on the team.
1: It was just, it was just a game where their halves didn't have to do much. Like, Latrell, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, like. Played well, but they never, they didn't really, they weren't the star players like Damien Cook and the forwards, like Tom Burgess was really good, scored a double, Jaden Sewer, Koloa Matangi, their bench came on and just continued. Like, it's not bad when you can, um, there's just so much depth in that that that. squad. Like, they've lost their their two starting wingers, didn't play, so they bring in Jackson Paulo and Josh Josh Branson.
0: Mark Nichols was only on there for 23 minutes. Made 112 metres of nine hit
1: ups. <laughs> yeah, it, I'll tell you who I feel for at the moment. It's, um Adam Fennell Blake. He's the heart and soul of that forward pack at the moment. Anybody copped a compound fracture on his finger on the weekend. So we would have um, still had
0: a roll it Manly, just saying. But anyway, <laughs> he, he made the call for him in his family, so good on. Him. Uh, one thing to bring up here, I was actually kind of half joking before, and I said look, uh, Cody Walker had the least meters of his team at 65. He actually, outside of Braden Burns, who came off the interchange, he did. Mm. I was like, oh shit, he actually did. That's how good the the Rabbitohs were. Mm. Uh, Warriors season here, yeah. yeah, they're gone now. So
1: they've um, yeah, I just I don't see it getting any better. Their <laughs> their pack is they'll be lucky to All fill the team next week. What's well, Harris is because. Lodge is suspended. Vanilla Blake's probably not going to play with a compound fracture. Jack Murchie had a really bad head knock last week. Harris is out and for Alisa, the weekend, out for the season. Alisa Katoa. Alisa Katoa's had something different each week. He He's had got an a injury and had shoulder injury. Then he got knocked out last week. So, yeah, I, they just need the season to finish. They're, um, I feel for them. But Yeah, poor old Nathan Brown. <laughs> not having much luck.
0: All right, moving on to Seagulls and West Tigers. Tigers, Tigers? share the tie it in? Um Second week in a row, Manly have come up against their bogey team. So they got over the Dragons. They got over the Tigers twice this year. So going into this game, Tigers had won five of seven against Manly. And Seagulls won this one 44-24 after being up 20-12 at halftime. So winning the second half 24-12. Um, when the Tigers scored, they scored pretty easy a couple of their tries and made the Manly defence look not too good, especially the last one. And oppositions will be able to pick that up. Uh, Daily Cherry Evans had an absolute ripper game in attack, but his lack of defensive reads are still there. Uh, the Kemba try at the end showed that. But on the attacking side of things, um, shows just how valuable he is to this manly side and how good a player he is still. Um, and the longevity he's holding on to. And I actually use this game. I'm teaching, I'm coaching the girls rugby again at school. And we're looking at, uh, we play tens. So we're looking at a lot of one on one defense and the importance of getting your body in front of the opposition. And then when you do move up at a team, not over committing either in any direction and the Morgan Harper try in the 64th minute and the Cherry Evans try in the 67th minute were perfect examples to showcase to the kids. The Morgan Harper one, the second row, the centre, the half and the wing all had eyes for the ball from dummy half all the way onwards and by the time they'd looked out Morgan Harper was already going through a hole. They'd all undercommitted out wide and focus on the ball. So they tried to rectify it. Next time the Seagulls are down, their exact same setup. They all over committed to the outside back. So Cherubin just stepped and ran through the line. And using that, using NRL standard defense to teach high school girls rugby union, um, showed the mistakes that the Tigers are making in defense. And when you've got players like Cherry, who isn't as quick, and Foreign, who isn't as quick as they used to be, if you're giving them those opportunities, they're going to take advantage of them. And there were times where commentators were going, well, I wonder if Manley's going to run up 50. And I don't remember commentators saying that a lot growing up, and it seems like they're saying that almost every week about a team now, which is not just Manley. Yeah. It's just it's just league-wide at the moment, unfortunately. I, f-
1: I feel like it's... um. I feel like people are really using these new rules as an excuse. Like, I didn't say anything teams. about the rules just then. Oh, I did not. No, 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 no. I, I know you didn't. Um, Thank you. But a lot of the the media comments and stuff like that is, you know, uh, people people scoring more points these days because the game's quicker, blah blah blah. But it doesn't mean that. Like, you watch the Parramatta and Raiders game. That was the best game of the week there's a highest quality game of the week because both teams rocked up with a defensive attitude. Didn't mean that they didn't throw the ball around. Like there was still plenty of ball getting thrown around. But the the good teams, the better drilled teams still find a way to defend. Like mm. I feel like <clears throat> um, like West... We'll get Central to the before, Penrith Broncos like, game.
0: Like Penrith were off we and they still found a way to win. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah Melbourne. They, um, but you're exactly right. And their defence won in those games, even though Panthers missed a million tackles. But, um, yeah, the the poor teams are just conceding a lot of points when the momentum's against them. And it's almost like it's just become acceptable now that the, the, the game's sped up. Like, you know, like you saw Seattle in the year, they caught 52 out of three weeks. Yeah. But no one's really put a line for them yet because the game has evolved now into this... Fast-paced action, and it wasn't their day, so they they caught fifty. But I don't know. I do not Yeah, I really don't know what the well, goal is here. I just, I don't think. I still think the best defensive teams are going to win this year. Yeah, it's and not that, going to come down to the best attacking teams. I'm a. I'm a... And that's probably my one knock against you guys. Yeah, the defense. And I was going to say that for new listen,
0: I'm a Eagles fan. And since our bye um, in defense, these are the points we've conceded 18, 24, 0, uh, 30. So that was the Raiders game, um, state of origin, 18, 24. So you look at it there, that's four, three, four, or five tries in every game, bar one, where we kept them to zero. The other side you look at our attack 50 56 66 16 32 44 like even in the games where we've led in 24 we scored 44 the game where we led in 24 we scored 56 um i'm not worried about the attack obviously but if you're letting the titans score 24 and you're letting the tigers score 24 you're letting melbourne score 30 you're letting melbourne score 40 um, that's the difference. You're letting my... my...
1: And Mel- Melbourne are conceding eight tries.
0: No. I, I still think my, this whole season, um, Manly's best defensive effort, in all honesty, was our um, either the 28-6 win against the Eels or our 28-16 loss against Penrith because that was round eight. That was the lowest amount Penrith. That was the closest game was, Penrith had had. We'd only lost... We lost about like was points.
1: No, in their best form, so...
0: Yeah, and that was out at Bathurst. And it's bringing that up, they scored... Yeah, that try in the 77th minute. um You take that off. Well, yeah, it was 22-16 um, with three minutes to go. And... That's when I saw that and went, you know what, maybe we've started to turn a corner here, even though we lost, I was very happy with that effort, more so than two, two three of the tries that the Tigers scored, which are really soft. So I'm happy with the win. Um, I'm happy that we continue to score points and we're scoring them in a multiple, in a variety of ways. Like Trebojevic scored, yeah, but his impact on that game was negligible compared to the impact of Cherry Evans. Um, Schuster being back another week back adds another dimension, Dylan Walker coming off the bench, having Walker four and Sherry Evans Schuster, Troboyovich, Troboyovich all on there at the same time. There's six different scoring avenues. And Saab hasn't even scored a try in like three weeks. Um, because we haven't needed to swing um, the ball wide. Yeah. So, I've been that's good. I've been see. pretty
1: out, I've been pretty outspoken about this, but. Cherry Evans is your most important player. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. I, your attack's very one-dimensional without him because you just go left. And yes, four in his place. And even Turbo, he's probably more left-side dominant, I would say. Schuster's left-side don- dominant. Um, mm-hmm. Cherry Evans just unlocks everything on that right side. He's got the big cutout balls to Harper, to sub. give him early ball, give him space. Um Yeah, I think um, as much as you didn't win without Turbo to start the year, I don't know if you win those games if Cherry Evans isn't playing and Turbo is.
0: Yeah, because Turbo's got the X-Factor 100%, but he doesn't have the control of the game. And Foreign does, but only one side of the field. And it's either Mm. Turbo's going to go to the right, Foreign's going to go to the left. But when all three of them are there, it's okay. We know... It, it allows Turbo then to roam. Um, yeah, but Cherry Evans roams as well. He doesn't just stay one side of the field. Because a couple of our tries, they linked the halves, linked up together, um, mm. and another couple. And he's
1: just, yeah, he's always there. Like there's a break. Cherry Evans is right beside Turbo. Their support play is so good. Um, yeah, I think he, he cops a lot of unfair criticism, Cherry, but um, since Origin. Like, since the first game of Origin, really, he's been outstanding for you guys. Yeah, I'm so – I'm
0: – this is, like, the – all the sappy shit, but I, I don't want anyone else at Manly captain the club because what I love to see is when he scored his try at the end of the game, Schuster running in, just, like, getting in, giving the big hugs, and then uh, when he put Harper through the score, like, he – Cherry Evans, like, the first one there, first one, the biggest smile out of everybody. He's jumping on everybody. Um, and then when he scored, he's on the ground, like, all the youngsters, Schuster, yeah. Ola, Oka, oh, I can never pronounce his name, he's on my team, Oka, Ola 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 too. Um, Harper, like, all the young guys are the first ones that have picked Cherry Evans up. And when you've got all the youngsters rallying around your captain, who's in, like, he's now 31, he's the oldest on the team or close to, Um, that's awesome to see because that shows the impact that captain has when, when he doesn't score, even if he has no part in the whole try, he's the first one there when Schuster made the break and he put it inside of Cherry Evans. I don't know if you saw the replay, but Schuster turned around and he had his hand up in the air pointing like, yeah, kind of thing before Cherry Evans had even scored. And And that sort of shit's awesome to see. And that comes from your leadership where everyone's celebrating Mm -hmm. each other's success. Um, Yeah. It, it, as, a, as a fan of that team, it's so good to watch. So good to watch yeah. it outside of the points.
1: Especially um, when it's someone like Cherry, who's very, been very maligned probably in his last few years of his career. He's like, had a lot of criticism go his way. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'm the same like with Ben Hunt. Like, He has been criticised and criticised for however many years. And this year he's been given the captaincy role. And she's just embraced it. And you can tell the players respect him too. The same thing on the weekend, he scored a try and everyone just mobbed him. Like, It's a good thing to see when someone who's had very tough times of their career gets that leadership role and then the players respond to it. Yeah.
0: They'd definitely be the first players on each team that you'd invite to a barbecue anyway. So, well, um... (laughs) (laughs) it's...
1: (laughs) Undone. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Next game.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to um, uh, Penrith versus Broncos. Penrith 18 over the Broncos 12. Um, I think I was. What time was this one on? I'm pretty sure we we're like cooking this dinner is or something. I yeah, Saturday night. That's right. We flicked it on probably about 30 minutes into this game. And I, honestly, I put it. I didn't have any interest in watching this because so I'm like, I'm done with these blowouts. Like, I'm not. After last week, I tipped the Broncos fucking last week because the week before the last game before that, they beat the Sharks, and I was like, shit, yeah, they finally got something about them. They're they playing for each other, row, and they had their buying Like they're versing the fucking Tigers. They should be able to beat them if they flat the defense the Sharks. And the freaking Tigers put forty points on them. And they went, oh, fuck, I'm not watching
1: it to Penrith. And then they keep Penrith <laughs> to two points in the first half. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, or oh, four
0: points, sorry. Um, four points, yeah, penalty goal, a penalty goal and a two and point field, goal. field goal. And I'm
1: going, Actually, this is the Broncos I the- tipped last week. <laughs> I just, uh, I yeah. I, I don't know. Broncos just – see, I was confident West were going to win that game last week because it's the kind of game that West do win. <laughs> yeah, against the the – no expectations. Like, they were playing against the worst team and they were outsiders. Oh. They were the away team. And, yeah. They destroyed them. <laughs> oh, just... Penrith, are, I know they're missing a lot of players, but they're just a long way off at the moment. And mm. I think they're really struggling coming out of Origin, trying to keep the... And I, I know they're missing Cleary, and Cleary's the, the glue that holds them all together. But um, That's... I know at the start of the year, I was very critical about the fact that Cleary kept getting three points in a game and Dalian votes when Luai was doing pretty much setting everything up. But the period of time that Cleary has been out over the year um, and how much, how much Penrith have struggled without him. um, Yeah. Yeah. they're just And you saw what New South Wales did without him too. They they really struggled. Um, it's amazing how much impact one player can have. And I'm, I'm sure they'll come good. They've probably just gone through a bit of a flat phase. Yeah. Probably a lot of people, well, the majority of their players were in their first Origin Series, well, especially first Origin Series midway through a year and having to back up. So Yes, and that's what you're talking about.
0: Get, this is the... They're young, so can they back up what they did last season? They to have to go through Origin mm. the first time, and just looking They're through the team list, they were full strength on the weekend outside of Cleary.
1: Out of yeah, oh, and Coruscant.
0: But but even Coruscant this year, he hasn't had the impact he's had, and and. Nah. Correct me if I'm wrong. His average minutes have been low, and they've been splitting it between. Even if Mitch Kenny hasn't been on the bench, they've been finding and ways Tyron to May. give him a break. Yeah, Tyron May, like he hasn't been mm. the go-to dummy half that he's been in previous years.
1: Yeah. But, see if um if Corryell had been playing the way he did last year, he would have been the starting hooker for New South Wales at the start yeah. series. Yeah. Because oh, I Cook was last down. Year. Cook was down on form this year. Yeah. Um, but Coruscant really hasn't been in great form all year. Like, he's been solid, but he yeah. had an opportunity to really nail down... Like, if he... Yeah, like I said, if he hadn't been playing as well as he was last year, he would have been starting hooker for the first Origin. Hmm.
0: He took, um, the, he if he took the Origin there.
1: opportunity to nail down something and just... <laughs> oh, mate. I, footy players just I'm need just to stop idiot. thinking with their little head, A. Eh? Just... They got uh, like Bennett. But, ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, they're very flat, Penrith. I know they're up 18 nil, but they were really forced to to work for it. Um, they missed something like 66 tackles or something like that. Like What? For, yeah, have a gaze.
0: The completion rate was 79%. They got.
1: They had 10 less runs than the Broncos, but ended up running for more metres. 69 missed tackles. Whoa. And just watching some of the the two tries that the Broncos scored were, especially the Bullemore one, he ran straight through uh, Fisher-Harris and Dylan Edwards. And 13 hours. Um, Yeah, they're just getting a bit bit loose in the middle. I don't know if it's because their forwards are getting a bit tired or what it is, but... um, and yeah,
0: this also paints a picture for the Broncos as well. Like Broncos use all their interchange, change. Penrith use seven, but Penrith 13 errors and 69
1: missed tackles and they still win. Um, yeah. I've never seen, I've never seen, I think they set a record for most missed tackles in a game, unless that was just for this year, but, um,
0: and all the other stats aren't, aren't on dummy passes, thirty-eight to five. Does that mean like actually dummy and run or passes?
1: I, I don't. No I've never got that stat. <laughs> could not tell you. It's what a point of no start. It's so dumb.
0: Um, but all the uh, other um, stats are very. I'll oh, kick return meters is a bit of a difference, but outside of those two that we've already talked about, there's really not much difference between the stats. And Broncos hmm. had ten percent more completions. Oh, like about sorry, ten percent more possession. And Still lost 18 12, so it shows how far away the Broncos are when one of the top teams, literally stats wise, anyway, give you a game on a platter. Um, yeah,
1: I guess the, the big talking point out of this game hmm. is the sin bidding,
0: yes, of Flegler.
1: Your thoughts whether it shouldn't have been it. or send off?
0: I'm old school, um, I understand the whole point of it, um, but. Oh, to me, it's a sin bin as opposed to a send off because I, for me, for it to be a send off, I, I had played enough, watched enough footy where you can really tell when there's malice in a tackle and when there's not. My first reaction to seeing that was his first thought was to come across to try and stop the try by going right up high ball. to wrap the ball. Um, yeah he wasn't coming across to try and smack him in the head.
1: To it me, that's the arm.
0: no. That's yeah. To me, that's the incidental or accidental contact. Um, but because he did hit him flush and it was on the chin, yeah, hundred percent simbin. I'm happy with that. I'm much more happy with that as a simbin than a lot of the other ones that have been sent to the simbin where they shouldn't have been, like mm-hmm. the Kirby Hetherington getting sent off the other week and that got overturned, yeah, obviously. That- um. I think this was the right call. I'm happy. I was happy for it not to be a send off. If it had happened against my team, I'd stick by that. I'd be happy for it not to be a send off because if my team's on the the try
1: line, I'm the thing that frustrates me though is I know Magic Round was a big crackdown, right? But you can't just decide one week that something is is equal to a send off one week and then eight weeks down the track. You're like, oh, we've done our big crackdown. Now it's worthy of a sin bin because yeah. it affects. It, it's we're essentially playing under two lots of different two sets of different rules, and that's that's the issue. Like, yeah. so we we copper a, a guy sent off ten minutes into a game against Melbourne, and get beaten by thirty. Or the yeah, that um, that
0: Phil Murray no one.
1: Which wasn't – it wasn't was, a swinging yeah, arm. He was yeah. coming over the top of his shoulder to try yeah. and wrap the ball as well. Um,
0: that wasn't anyway, And then
1: Josh, pa- Josh Papali'i was a shoulder to the chin. He got sent off. And what happens if dogs hold on and win that game like they should have and Cameron miss out on the finals by two points? But then eight weeks down the track, the same thing happens and the guy gets binned instead of getting sent off. Like yeah. it's just there's just too much inconsistency when it comes to this, and it fucking frustrates me.
0: Hey man, like, um, it's not a national competition with millions of dollars on the line and people's careers at stake. Um, yeah,
1: and look, I'm I'm with you. I thought it was a sin bin because there's no intent. It's not. It's it's not a swinging arm. It's just an arm coming over the top to try and know. wrap a ball.
0: And He's there. just
1: got him very flush. <laughs>
0: And as long as yeah, he's got a big chin, Not, nothing on but it? it's a big head still. Um, yeah. You're going to hate this, but this is kind of like a feel-good story of the weekend. Toby Sexton making his debut for the Titans and having a decent game, we'll call it. Um, it was getting solid. a try on well, debut, he, five of five had conversions, uh, replacing Jamal Fogarty, that hand injury. Titans thirty two over the Dragons ten. Um, another game dropped at home by the Dragons. Um,
1: this yeah, love, this love all... playing Gold Coast. <laughs> love playing Gold Coast at the home stadium. Yeah, also.
0: this is at the Gold Coast, of course. That's the reason we lost. Was... Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> Ben Hunt, your man, uh, getting across for a try in the eighteenth minute. Um, Jack Bird kicking one of two conversions, and David Fafidi getting across the stripe. And I did see a something that jumped out to me and I, I shouldn't have been taken back by it. And I know Jared's been very critical of him and boom or Bus and that sort of stuff. He's 21. And that jumped oh, out at me man. going, yeah, holy crap. In my head, he's already been around for so long, but that's what happens with these big name players. And when they have they a get transfer tried, like massive dollars, and you think, because they're just you hear their name so much, you sometimes automatically think they've been in the league for four or five years. He's another four years away from reaching his peak and and balancing the speed of the game and his defensive reads and all that sort of stuff.
1: People got and, to also and I understand. go, oh shit.
0: Yeah, defense is way harder to learn than attack. And at 21, he's the face of a franchise, basically. And he's gonna have his ups and downs, and that just as someone who goes on here and is a talking head and talks about league, I just went, "Ooh, that's something I've got to remember every now and then."
1: I get so frustrated when it comes to the Dave Feeder criticism. He's a back rower. A, a back rower can only be influential in a game if he's got some quality ball. It all yeah. comes down to the half giving him the ball. Like, what's the point of him? Oh, he needs to get involved in the game So go take a carry in the middle Where you're running at four blokes And then get put off, put on your back Like that's not what he's in the team To for. do Like Latrell Mitchell Latrell Mitchell is in the team To go down the attacking end And chime in and set up tries yeah. Dave Fafida is in the team To Yeah take the odd carry coming out of your end But he's in the team In the attacking red zone Giving the ball And he makes something happen Yeah that's the kind of player he is. They oh it just it just frustrates me. Oh yeah, send him in the middle. You watch him in origin. Like whenever he's put in tackles where people are getting off the line in numbers, he's useless. Give him huh. early ball. Get it. They did that to us on the weekend. Getting they got in on one on one with with Cody Ramsey, Ben Hunt. Like, it's just a mismatch. Yeah. When that comes down to the rest of their forward pack getting on the front foot and then the halves being able to get him the ball. Yeah. There's only so much a back row can do. He can't be the one getting it first receiver. He's the one that should be getting it in the better position from his half.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. And then not all second rowers are those um, line running crash ball sort of players. You've got some of the other ones that are a bit more uh, handsy, like you're um, John Bateman, when he was here, he could run a crash line if he needed to, but if you gave him the ball late, he could also then spin it on and put someone through a gap, and you play to your player's strengths. Uh, Bateman had a better defensive all-round game, but he was also 26 or whatever he was when he was out here, not 21, five more years of experience, so that'll come.
1: Uh, Jerry Wallace what, getting the...
0: a double, and <sighs> soon, whew, look at that. I felt bad you know, the letting... I felt bad last week letting Josh McGuire score against us and then you guys let
1: a double in again by Wallace. Fucking hell. Oh mate. i pretty much every other player in the game on for first try <laughs> score and then fucking Jared Wallace scores. Um I'll tell you like we, we were actually up for the game early. Um <clears throat> we were down eight six and it was really David Fafita's injection that really broke the game open. Like Titans had a few sets on our lines, but they didn't look like scoring bar that one kick where Cody Ramsey spilt it and Wallace picked it up and scored. But it wasn't until feeder came on and he just started isolating us on an edge. And then Titans just rolled forward after that and we just couldn't wrestle the momentum back. And we just kept inviting them down our end. Um,
0: what do you think yeah. of that C guy? Matt Yeah, uh,
1: so it was, it was... he's He was good. He, he's... In my opinion, the better of the twins. He's seems he's a bit taller and has a bit more size about him. He'll be a good winger. I think Max will be a better center because he's more of a a solid nuggety build, I would I would say.
0: They got it, they um, got
1: it. Yeah, Matt was um he was probably our best player to be honest. Um,
0: Sullivan getting yeah, eighty minutes at
1: five-eight. So Sullivan had some nice touches. He's actually pretty good defensively for a very small bloke. Um, I don't know how many missed tackles he had, but...
0: 14 hit-ups for 95 metres. Tackle break. Uh, Two dummy half runs. Uh,
1: I think it was... For him, it was more about just getting through the hit-out. He's barely played any footy over the last two years. Obviously, last year with the season, uh, reserve grade comp getting rubbed out. He played the last game of the season for us, and then this year he's battled injuries most of the year, so... He he's made the most played.
0: tackles in the back line. 27 tackles, three missed tackles. That's pretty yeah. decent. For it, honestly, goal, five, the eight. worst
1: the worst thing we did was move him from the left to the right. Because they they move Ben Hunt over to the left to handle for feeder. And Ben Hunt's tackling side doesn't really match tackling for feeder because he goes high. Yeah. Whereas Sullivan goes low. So he's probably more and he gets off the line. So I think that was probably an issue there. Cody Ramsey was really found out at the center. Um,
0: yeah, that was an odd... Well, it's not an odd selection. Your, your hands are a bit tight at the moment.
1: Um, yeah, extremely. Um, yeah, I almost, just don't uh, know. Yeah.
0: For, for a game like, if they were full strength, you'd expect um, Dragons to be closer, but um, Titans for much build oh, them all game.
1: We've just... There's something bubbling away underneath the surface. Like we we haven't been right for a long time. I don't I don't know what happened to that team from round five where we absolutely pumped Parramatta because we just haven't been the same team since. Um, yeah, it's just we just lost any physicality, any attitude. We're just not going after the game anymore, which um, really annoys me because yes. that that is just comes down to attitude. Um, just look out a gas. And, and just just little things like um, like players seem to be, they don't seem like a happy group at the moment. And I don't know if that's because of the whole barbecue gate, but like just one moment on the weekend where we were getting, we were down by like 20 at the time, I think, and Dufty drifted sideways, drifted sideways. And the only thing Pereira could do was come back on the inside because he was pretty much running him into touch. Pereira comes back on the inside. If Dufty throws a pass inside, Pereira is through. Instead, Dufty throws a ball into the first row. And then he gets up and sprays Pereira about it. And you're just like, like and not just like a, oh, what are you doing, mate? He just kept going at him. And I was just like, just little things like that. It's not just yeah. a, like a pat on the back, like next play sort of thing. It just seems like everyone's very frustrated with each other at the moment.
0: We compare those um, comments to what I was making with Manley earlier on and and it and it can show the difference because even when we do let tries in it it's that it is what you said it's the pat on the back it's that conversation of what happened there it's not the accusation of what happened there um and it is a I big difference
1: with what's happened this year we just seem to be a very divided group at the moment which
0: divide sort and conquer
1: good Sort of goes against what I said earlier in the year. We looked like a pretty close playing group, but I don't know if with all this stuff going on off-field, we're bringing people into the club that weren't part of the the culture that was starting to build. And then we're letting Dufty, we're letting Norman go, who quite possibly are very popular amongst the playing group. I think, like, Corey Norman would probably be a guy that everyone would get along with. Um, and then Paul Vaughan, who I think, well, as you can see, 13 people rocked up to his house. I think he was another very popular person amongst the playing group. Yeah. But it's just been a lot of shit going on off the field. And I think it's just, it's just no finally boring. starting to, yeah, finally starting to boil over. Um, I just feel sorry for the blokes who are rocking up every week and just busting their ass and getting no reward for it. Like um, Every club's yeah, been there. Know.
0: It's just, sometimes it sticks around longer than others at different clubs and one of them are the Bulldogs um and us talking about
1: someone busting Um,
0: their ass every week um Luke Thompson it's like it's it's been very hard to watch the Bulldogs this year and I think even Canterbury supporters would say that Luke Thompson's been one of has been their best forward easily, but has been close to one of the best forwards comp wide when he's on. Um, I use fantasy stats more than Jared does. Usually when I talk about players, but for props, if they're getting pretty high points in fantasy, um, they have to be doing the work because they don't score tries very often. And you look at his stats week in, week out, and he is putting in and yeah, he got Simbin this week. Um, but he also scored a try and made a 40-meter break and got through a hell of a bunch of work. And he's been doing that pretty much week in, week out for this side. And he was here last year, had a bit more of an injury run, was coming off the interchange a lot more. But 19 runs for 200 – remember, this will be out of 70 minutes because he got Simbin. So 19 runs for 204 meters, 68 post-contact meters, uh, two line breaks, one try assist. Uh, what else have we got here? Ten tackle breaks. Far out. What a stat line. Um, I'm having to keep scrolling up. Two offloads, and then you add onto that the tackles as well. Thirty-two tackles. Yeah, five miss, which is kind of high for a prop. But when you're doing all that other work, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, you see, and he
1: misses a lot of tackles purely out of energy he gets off the line and tries to hit people mm. which is just part of his nature he tries to inspire his team i prefer that just going hard waiting. exactly right instead of sitting back yeah exactly
0: and yeah so he did uh, that in well 62 minutes
1: um in the end he um he was the best player on the field like, i know they got beaten by 20 but he was the best player on the field by far yeah
0: Oh, my God. Look at the rest of their forwards. Oh, my God. 53 Um, metres for a prop. 82-76. 108 by Josh Jackson, then 204 by Luke Thompson.
1: Yeah. That's disgusting. They they really didn't play well yesterday, dogs. They had a few good moments, but um, just whenever they did something good, they just undid it. Like, the... The case in point for that Luke is Thompson. they were down. Yeah, Luke Thompson. So they're down, they caught two early tries to sharks and then Thompson scores. They got a bit of momentum. <laughs> Napa takes the kickoff. <laughs> Literally is got he's driving his way through the tackle. Like he's not even getting pushed back. And he turns and throws this ridiculous offload and then I can't remember who it was, spills <laughs> it. Then the next set, Luke Thompson gets binned for a stupid late hit on uh Blake Braley. Braley. and then the sharks go three tries in the next 10 minutes like i think actually no they might have scored just as he came back on the field but yeah essentially three tries in the 10 minutes that he was off and the game's over they're down 30 to 6 at half time yeah, and to to the dog's credit they they back. fought back into it um, this They're is 30 yeah, to 6. Kind of there. They to won the that. second half,
0: 18-14. But yeah, you can't give away that big a lead. Um, no, not at all. Um, my man crush in the NRL outside of Manly, Um uh, uh, got named at second row <laughs> this week. And was the only forward outside of Blake Braley to play the full 80 minutes, uh, which I love to see. Because he's a big boy, carries a fair bit of bulk. And it's interesting to have a look at Grinnell's bench here. So they had uh, Toby Rudolph playing prop, who's usually their locks. We know he can play big minutes. So he got through 60, we'll say as 59. Woods, 48. So that's a fair few minutes to get your starting props. Talakai playing 80. So their other second row um, and their lock were playing 46. Um yeah, so he, oh, sorry, he played 80, but they've got him down in number 16 here. So he played 80, Teleco played 80. But it allowed Royce Hunt only had to play 11 minutes. For feeder, only had to play 18 minutes. So you've got two of your bench players combining for 29 minutes. And when you can build a lead like that at half time, you can afford to rest players that you don't have to use. So That's good coaching by Josh Hannay in saving these players for the last games of the season, teleco ended up with 214 metres from his 80 minutes. And then as a second rower who needs the ball to come out to them, that's uh, some pretty decent meterage. And
1: mm. it's the best game he's played this year. Yeah. Cause he's, he's he got been given the whole young. 80 minute opportunity. He's been very I say, underwhelming, but he, he definitely hasn't reached the heights of how he was playing last year and I know wow. he's had injuries and suspensions and stuff like that but I think it's um, his first yeah, it's, 80 minute game is it I'd have to say it yeah be. I think so yeah he's cuz they've usually got Teague Wilton on the bench or starting um yeah. but yeah he was a late withdrawal so um Yeah that was good to difference. see Roy, good to see Royce Hunt back on the field I think Get it's his run. first game since like round 19 or some late round last year so um oh.
0: Yeah, I saw 81 post contact meters, 13 tackles. He only had to make 13 tackles in 80 minutes.
1: Who's that? Talakai
0: played 80 (laughs) minutes at second row, only had to make 13 tackles. Far out.
1: Um, yeah, no, the dogs had their opportunities yesterday, but just their halves are just really letting them down at the moment. Um, Sionica
0: Tower ran in some try scoring form as well. Uh, another double there. So at the end of a couple round nine, of
1: really good put downs too.
0: Drum, yeah, yeah, actual try put downs. I was thinking knock ons. I was like, no, no, you got them down. <laughs> um, so after nineteen games, so yeah, six to go. Uh, not a lot of difference to the ladder overall, uh, but we'll go through it anyway. So Storm and Pan- Storm and Panthers, both on thirty-four points. Uh, 16 wins, they verse each other next week, which may be a little bit of a but it should still be a decent game. Uh, Rabbitohs on 32, improving their points differential all the time. Uh, Eels with that loss um, and Roosters with the win have taken that from a two-win gap down to a one-win gap. So Eels 28, Roosters 26, Seagulls 24. Uh, Seagulls have got a three-win gap over the Sharks, Dragons, and Raiders from seventh, eighth, and ninth, all on eighteen points.
1: So I can't believe we're still in the eight. <laughs> oh man, um, you're we've on... won. We've won four games since round five. <laughs> wow! And um, we're talking about the
0: gap from the top five now, top six, pretty much. Uh, you can lock them in. And just have a look at this. So Seagulls are sixth. Their points differential um, is one hundred and fifty-one they had the worst points differential in NRL history after six rounds. And now they're at 151 positive. Sharks are seventh. One position behind their points differential is negative 40. So from seventh to 16, everyone's in negative for and against. Um, And then you got the storm at the top of a positive 438. So from 10th place, uh, 10th and 11th, you got the Titans and Knights on 16. Still literally one win away from 7th place. Uh, West Tigers and Cowboys on 14. Two wins out of the eight. Warriors on 12. Broncos on 10. um, And Bulldogs on six. So Bulldogs going a long way to taking the wooden spoon off the Broncos' hands. Um, Some pretty... Juicy matchups next week. You've got the Knights versus the Raiders, so ninth versus eleventh. Um, got Dragon, or well, they're coming up against the Rabbit Sharks versus Seagulls, so sixth versus seventh. And a lot of the top four are versing each other Storm versus Penrith, we said. Roosters are versing Parramatta. So a lot of teams next to each other and ladder, versing each other in round 20. All right, big show. Thanks for filling in, well at very late notice. It's now 1114 um, so I'll edit this and get it posted up hopefully before a midnight bedtime, which will be nice and early for me over the last few days.
1: What What do you got on? <laughs> what's on the Olympics tonight, mate? Surely there's something on for you. Oh,
0: no, it's because it's in Tokyo. It's on our time zone. So everything should be finished. Oh, okay. I um, might so have to watch some replays. European handball is my jam. It's <laughs> so good. So good. I've watched two games of that. It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, then yeah, no, I'll edit this and probably crash out, I'd say. Yeah. Get bro, bro, it watch the replays. Good. All right. Thanks, buddy. Good luck to the drag. <laughs> no oh, actually no, pain. this isn't a preview. This is a review. Anyway.
1: No, nah, we, we need a look. We need a luck we can get, mate. Thanks Good luck it. to the
0: dragon for next week. See you, bud. Cheers,
1: mate. See you guys. Oh, whoops, I'm to press. Thank
0: you for tuning in to six again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram
1: and the Six Again website, all links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's Craft Beer Choice of the Week.